Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Today I talked to Andrew Flurry from a company called Luna. He talks about the future of transport and how the company's technology will make the arrival of e-scooters on our streets much safer by combining artificial intelligence with computer vision. I'm joined today by Andrew Flurry from an Irish company called Luna and the whole premise of the company is use artificial intelligence to make the onset of these new mobility uh, ways of getting around, whether it's scooters or e-bikes, safer for both the rider and the pedestrian. You're very welcome, Andrew. Thanks, John. I'm delighted to be here. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for your time. Give us the opportunity to uh, talk about Luna. Uh, before, before we start, I mean, so the point of this really is safety and using things like machine vision to recognise what's ahead of you um, and actually then maybe stop a, a, a you know, a, a scooter or an e-bike colliding with a pedestrian. Is that is that a basic form? Yeah, so so that's it. So so we're into micro mobility, right? And and uh, you know the most famous vehicle in that, or, the, or, or you know the, the celebrity vehicle, is the e-scooter. But there's more to it. There's e-bikes. There's different types of things coming along the the, the track, and uh, ultimately they're quite new, right? The you know let's say the shared scooter industry is only sort of four or five years old, um, and that's too fast for. A modern city, right? Is it uh, you know cities move at a slower pace than that, and really a lot of cities are kind of been shaped by the car. So uh, and the car has had a sort of a seventy or eighty or ninety year head start. So 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 that's where there's challenges. Um, things are moving very mm-hmm. quickly, you know, globally, right? C- cities are moving. There's more bike lanes. There's more infrastructure, and ultimately this ticks a lot of boxes, right? It's, it's, uh, it promotes active travel. It can stretch out uh, public transport networks, um, all of those different things. That The only challenge that remains is safety. And that's what we're trying to, uh, mm. we're trying to address as Luna. So, so we have a camera that goes on to uh, the vehicle and it detects what riding surface the, uh, the vehicle's on. Is it on a footpath? Is it on a, on a bike lane? Is it on the road? Is it on another surface? And uh, we also detect pedestrians. We detect collisions. We detect all those things. So it's very similar to the technology that you'd get if you bought a new car now. You know, there's cameras all over it. We're tr- trying to do that for bikes and scooters. That's the interesting thing. I mean, um Ireland has a lot of I mean as I mentioned to you before we started this interview um, my inbox is usually full of new companies new scooter companies coming along planning to change mobility forever and we have some interesting companies like Zeus and um, Zip who, who who are very successful elsewhere in Europe we don't have many actual scooters live in this country yet um, private scooters yes um, but why, why, why is that? Is, is, are we waiting on the legislation yeah, to come through? So what, what's happening there? Because everywhere else in Europe, yeah, so full it's, of it's, that's it exactly. It's just the way, as I said, it's, it's quite a new uh, space. And in most other countries around the world, the legislation already allowed for these types of vehicles so they could go much faster. Uh, Ireland and UK actually are, are really the two that have to change legislation. UK jumped ahead a little bit in that it... Uh, wrote uh, some temporary rules that allowed them to do trials um, but both of us have to change the legislation it's around uh, the definition of what is a mechanically propelled vehicle so that's the kind of technical thing that's, mm-hmm. that's holding us back and uh, yeah reality is you know we're probably the last to go but uh, at the end of the day there might be some advantages to that you know because as i say the thing's four or five years old but they've been out for that long in cities. There's a lot of learnings that, that have already happened. But uh, yeah, ultimately, I hope to see 
much more shared vehicles on, on our streets uh, going forward and uh yeah, that, that'll be exciting times. The accessible thing, I mean, I, I remember once walking through a park in Amsterdam in a lovely spring afternoon, happy with the world, and I heard this gentle tinkling behind me. And it was only a few, it last a little, little, little moment when I realised it was actually someone on a bike ringing the bell to get off. I was walking in the middle of a cycle lane. Um, but, but Dublin, uh, one, um, it's really built around the car. And in fact, I've often said to people, if, if you took a, a cart driver from the 18th century, and brought him to Dublin today, that same car driver would still find his way around Dublin. It's, it's an old city with a lot of old routes. And I've often said to people as well, like, you know, some of the clever things you could do, like scooters and bikes are quite small, like, you know, compared to the car. We've the, the the actual lanes given to 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 cyclists and bikes bike users well e bikes uh, and all that they're really really quite narrow and surely people could come up with really alternative routes through side streets and things like that that could create a whole alternative route that saves people going onto main roads for example but or creates ramps over over obstacles and just creates this kind of alternative place for people with with, with different bikes yeah, that's a whole other day's like journey. I was in Amsterdam last week and 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 the city's built for bikes right it's, it is. It, it is hopeless. and that yeah. ultimately that's where you want every city to go because it is better you know there's there's nobody uh you know there's there's talk in in every city okay what should we do should we have more bike lanes and there's, there's a bit of a debate but nobody is in amsterdam saying you know what we need to we need to get rid of these and, and bring back the cars um, once you go that way it's better yeah, and as I said, there's loads of back streets and alleys that could connect up quite cleverly if you just create the kind of right navigation for people to follow and create make those make those environments obviously safe. But the thing about the, the propel it, the propelled vehicles, the the scooters, is that you know some of these things can go like about fifteen to thirty kilometers speed an hour. You know, um, you know they they're propelled vehicles they hit a person they could really do damage and, and the technology you've you've created first of all tell us about how it was created and where it came from and, and how luna got started but then also are you working actively with 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 with, with scooter firms uh, to, to deploy this technology to make sure that if i'm on a scooter and i see a pedestrian up ahead of me in case maybe i don't see it but the scooter does that it will stop before it impacts someone yeah okay well let's start off with, with the first one is is how did, how did we get here so yeah, my background uh, has always been in mobility and transport and things like that. I started a company uh, called Transvoca with two other guys when we were in, in college. And uh, that was all about technology for cars and vans and trucks. And uh, we've always really been quite passionate about uh, just how people move around. So uh, then micromobility popped up and uh, it was, at the start, it was the Wild West, right? The, the uh, there was there was scooters been deployed that really were just com- uh, consumer scooters, um, so so they were only lasting mm. kind of thirty or sixty days. It was mostly in the states, um, so they were kind of disposable scooters. The guys were putting them out without really having you know it was a brand new thing, so so nobody knew about the operating models. So the operating w- was there, and then we looked at it and thought, okay, this is really interesting, and we sort of took a strategic decision to say, well, we'll those first two problems. The terrible scooters and the and the operating model, we will bet that they can fix those two uh, issues, and we'll jump to question three on the exam paper, which is these things are going to have to be safe, right? So, and, and the two real big problems are people going on a on a footpath or a sidewalk, and then people parking them badly. So, so Luna started off uh, 
looking at those two problems. And then we said, okay, how, how do we do it? It took us a little bit of time to work out what was the right technology. But then, yeah, we fixed onto the, uh, onto the camera. And, yeah, we've been off since. We got really, really good traction with the, uh, with the operators. So that, that's how we got here. And then, um, yeah, what, you know, what, what are we doing or how, how, how is it materializing? We've been working in collaboration with really most of the big uh, operators in, in the space um, because it's important to kind of understand, okay, how is this going to be deployed? What kind of data does it need to collect? Uh, all of the interfaces and things like that. And then also... Um, the industry is moving as we go, right? So um, I go back a little bit to the Wild West. Paris is a really good example. When when uh, scooters were first on the scene, there was 27 different scooter operators. The guy, all the guys that probably were flooding your inbox uh, uh, were all probably in Paris, right? And and uh, as you can imagine, with 27, it was total chaos. Uh, there, there, you know, there, nobody could kind of. Um, really run a sustainable business. So Paris kicked everybody out and said, okay, we're going to run a tender process and then we're going to give a 5,000 vehicle license to three operators. So that is kind of the model of, um, of what's happening now in the industry. And, and, and indeed, indeed, that's where um, Dublin could really be a beneficiary from the point of view of learning all the mistakes other people. Because I used to hear about people complaining that you know, all these, bike, these scooters be just thrown everywhere and left everywhere as well that Dublin could actually benefit from all the you know the thing that's mostly bad things that happen but you know I've heard of people actually losing their lives on these things you know that that Dublin can actually benefit from some best practice and be be actually the plates that did it right because we didn't we were let's argue say we're kind of late yeah, exactly. to the game really, second but... mover advantage um, is, is, is definitely in play here and uh, that's what we need and and actually the because it, it it sparks my imagination a bit towards I, I don't know if you've seen you probably have you, you're in that world the the there's, there's a lot of people now kind of showing off these new quadcopter type devices as well like actually flying yeah. vehicles so like basically drones that people can get into and they can fly you from a to b now i personally would think that these systems have to be controlled in the sense that you don't want people simply just flying around like the Red Baron in the in, in airspace. You want maybe to kind of program and place a go from A to B or something. But uh, actual visual recognition of things like you know on the ground, obviously it's 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 say dogs and people and whatever. Uh, in the air, you could be talking about pylons. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess there's uh, we we already looked at that. At that problem, but yeah, machine vision—it's kind of coming everywhere, right? There's you know, and there's a bunch of Irish companies doing. Uh, I was looking at a, at, a, at a company a couple of weeks ago. There's facial recognition for cows, right? And it's like any problem you can imagine. There, there is uh, there's computer vision application. So it is it is a, a, a space that can that can certainly help. Um, yeah, the, the quadcopters. I've looked at them uh with interest i think uh, you know my ambitions are probably more staying on the ground and uh, yeah i i would happily i would happily take a quadcopter from mead to dublin any day if it takes me away from the m2 or m3 motorway you know uh, you know the, 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 the novel nature of all these things because you know we're seeing drones that can carry people and all kinds of things uh but machine vision is what probably is ultimately going to keep us safe um machine yeah, vision tied in with I lidar guess- and you name it that's kind of the mission for for Luna is is to, is to like you know we we see a world where we just don't need all this traffic in in the cities and um, 
and, and, and what's holding us back, right? So, you know, like uh, we, we, we kind of talk, oh, we should do this campaign of sell your Tesla, right? Because, um, you know, if you, if you take a bike or an e-bike or a scooter, uh, you're going to go faster than the Tesla in terms of traveling through a city. Uh, it's greener for sure, right? It's, a, you know, it's a, you know, most of the time there's one person in it. And then really just the last question, and that's what holds people back from kind of cycling and, uh, and things like that in an urban environment is, well, is it safer? And uh, if we could get that, and I really think it'll be, um, you know, I think it'll move quite quickly. There'll, there'll be a snowball effect. Once you kind of just get over a certain percentage of the population, then everybody will do it. And it, it, the majority will be on, uh, on these light electric vehicles. I would happily ditch if I do day of meetings in Dublin or Cork or Limerick I would happily ditch the car and just take a scooter around and go from A to B and, and I think what a lovely way to get around um, but I think I think unfortunately the our cities and towns are really all built around the car and that 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 is you know we all recognise that's that's a that's a problem but when it comes to um, the applicability of Luna's technology I mean surely also you must be looking at maybe how this technology could be used in, in in cars too like i mean it's 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 using using this intelligence to kind of say well that's a person that's an animal you know uh getting the vehicle to respond like i I'd imagine i imagine if i was driving a tesla in the future or, or some kind of uh, uh car that had all this technology I, I would love to see luna's technology there too so it recognizes that don't crash into someone yeah we've steered away from the automotive uh forgive the pun on the steered away but uh there's been, there's been a huge amount of work done in computer vision and automotive. And then, you know, really in our work, some of the things that have been easier are because we've been able to kind of stand on the, on the shoulders of giants in, in that respect. So there's a lot of stuff done about recognizing pedestrians, recognizing cars, all, all of that stuff. Those building blocks are there. But what we found uh, difficult and where we spent most of our energy is, um, you know, nobody's done anything on on bike lanes nobody's done anything on on sidewalks and that's really where we we've specialized so um yeah we're, we're you know we're it's the same area of of technology but it's a, it's a quite a different application on a bike and then you know accident avoidance in a car and on a bike are quite different right in a car you can apply emergency braking you can do different things like that but on a bike it's a little bit different so um yeah we we um definitely we see ourselves on you know committed to the sort of car free journey if that makes yeah, sense yeah because like i mean even with as i say uh i i've i've even been guilty of this i've had i've had i've had, had cyclists come up to me as a driver and say hey you you nearly clipped me off there you know when i was trying to you know and i was I'll be, I'll be obviously very embarrassed and never wanted that to happen to them but um the, the thing is a, a, as, a, as an individual you're very protected in a car right so but the other thing about it is like as as well as you may have great peripheral vision in your car sometimes there's a lot of signal noise in terms of the environment around you maybe you're not taking things in as quickly as you would if you're outside of a car in the environment and, and i remember when i look at people i think of etiquette as well I, I see i think i think as i said our cities and towns uh are the cyclist is at a disadvantage um everything is designed for the car and the cyclist often has this skimpy little cycle lane to try and drive in which i end up seeing a lot of cars and trucks in, in as well but a couple of things happen to me as well there. When I look out the window of my car sometimes and I see people on a scooter and I'm marveling at the cool technology that it is and they can just, just that it can charge this thing up and go from A to B and it's brilliant. It's, it's a lovely idea and, and all that. Um, but sometimes I see a lot of people on yeah. paths 
I don't see them on cycle lanes. I see people, you know, the etiquette has yet to be organised. But I was I was coming around a roundabout there recently, and uh, luckily, and it was dark. It was getting dark. It was kind of twilight, and I was coming around a roundabout, and this kid literally zips in from my left hand side and right out across me in front of my car and onto the other side of the road. Um, and I was thinking that guy didn't yeah. even look. Uh, now, luckily nothing happened but it was enough to frighten me and, and, and you know that it was a 16 year old kid I mean an injury from a car could be life changing that's a, that's a tragedy right um, but from the point of view of helping the, the, the riders so the machine vision can help you um, identify things up ahead of you but is there anything that any part of this technology could also maybe do the whole 360 to kind of kind of go are you aware there's a car coming from your left or is there something that you could plug in? Let's say our, our first uh, our first product is for uh, the shared scooter. It looks forward, right? And, and it detects what's there. And, and really, um, you know, the biggest feature that people have asked us about is sidewalk riding. And, uh, and we really kind of, if you put that in uh, musical terms, uh, we see sidewalk riding algorithm as, as, our, as our kind of our first hit single. And now we're working on building out the um, album, right? Where where we have collision avoidance. We really like uh, looking at um, at junctions because junctions are where all the accidents happen. Just like just like you mentioned, okay, with the roundabout, that's where the intersection happens and people cross. So we kind of recognise junctions and then we say, okay, where is the bike? Where are the cars? And just try and then alert to 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 make people aware of the accident. But you raise a couple of really good points there, like the uh, the. Uh, the infrastructure is, is is a big big thing. So you know, from our work so far, what we've seen is rarely people going onto sidewalks is because they're kind of evil or stupid people, right? They, most of the time, they're going on because they're afraid of cars or vans or trucks. And um, so, so, so it's kind of a journey, I think, as 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 the uh, as the cities evolve, that uh, we need some technology to bridge the gap where. We have this perfect infrastructure where things are separated off and everything's in in the right place. Um, that's where Luna, I think, can bridge the gap and kind of enable um, you know a smoother transition to, to to kind of less cars in cities. What would be uh, your hunch as a technologist? And every technologist is a futurist because everyone who creates something is imagining the future and imagining how things could be. Uh, what kind of a country do you think we could have maybe a decade from now? Do you think the car will still be a big factor uh, or will will these new modes of mobility uh, change our landscape a lot? Because as I said, they're, I think they're wonderful machines, but I also know that the, the, uh, the uh, trajectory and speed and, you know, of these devices can be quite dangerous in, you know, even if you hit a pothole, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, you know, that, you know what? 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 As, as a technologist is imagining the future and knowing what you know about Ireland and and, yeah, and other, so, other countries, so how do you think? How do you think it'll be in about a decade? Probably, if you asked me this kind of ten years ago, I was I was so bullish on driverless cars. You know that 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 was uh, I, I was just obsessed with looking at these things, research conferences, everything. And now I kind of think like that wouldn't work out great at all, right? If you if 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 you could push a button now and all cars were driverless it'd be a nightmare because everybody would say, well, I'm not driving it right now because I'm doing a call with John. So I'll send it off to be a taxi and the whole city would be gridlocked, right? So it'd be, it, it would be, it would just be more cars driving around doing nothing. So really my vision of the future is look at Amsterdam, look at what Paris is. Amsterdam's kind of 
a great example, but it's there and it's been there for a while. If you look at Paris, it's really interesting because that's transforming before our eyes, right? They're going for the, uh, for the 15 minute city. And um, I think that's where we should be going. We should be going for kind of, uh, you know, take, take some space back from, from cars. Um, and then I think there's more, there's many more vehicles sort of coming, right? There's, you know, at the moment it's e-bikes and scooters, but, uh, you know, some people talk about what's the iPhone of this new type of vehicle category, these light electric vehicles. I don't think we've seen the iPhone yet. So, uh, you know, there was even talk for, for a while of Apple themselves producing a vehicle. Um, you know, would they, would they produce a, a kind of a four-seater diesel? I hope not, right? I hope they produce something cool that's, uh, you know, that's built for, um, you know, it's more, more just, just in tune with, with where we want to go. Yeah, I have these crazy theories of mine. I'll just throw them with, at you there for a second. Like one could be, you know, like if every car is a node on a network and if you think about how IP works, internet, internet protocol, uh, every packet of data is designed to arrive at the right time in the right place. And imagine if you could imagine a city and everyone's trying to get around and it was like just they're using something like Google Maps that if you could want, if you could get people everywhere to be within 15 minutes or whatever, the entire, the entire behavior of cars on the road and everything, if, if they're self-driving, therefore people can't complicate it. So let the network tell you when you're going to arrive, where you're going to arrive and let the cars behave like nodes on a network or packets of data. Um, other ones, I, I think, you know, like the ownership of vehicles, you know, who, who like at the moment, even if you're looking at the average electric car, you know, even even the cheapest are very expensive and prohibitively so for most people. Um, that you know, maybe our ownership model in the future won't be a case of like I alone a lovely Tesla in my front yard and plug it into my house. Maybe it could be a case of well, someone's on my phone, it'll tell me what time it's going to arrive. It'll arrive outside. I'll jump in. It'll take me where I'm going to go because I told it where I wanted to go, and I won't own a car. I'll have a relationship like a I would have with the the mobile network or the mobile operator, I'd, I'd pay a bill every month and have a certain right of access to, to certain services. So, you know, a lot, a lot could change yet. Yeah, I think, I think that, that's the key. As well as like, you know, you can't demonize the car, right? It is necessary in certain parts of, uh, of, the, of, of the country and everything else. But the key is that you give options, you know, and like all the talk, uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks was, was, it was about the metro, right? The metro has been coming for a long time to oh uh, yeah, to yeah. I've been I've been waiting for the uh, metro for years, and unfortunately, when, when I look at the timeline, I'll be an old man. <laughs> right. So look, hopefully, hopefully it comes around uh, this time. But I think that's the thing with uh, you know, really, if we wanted to change, the answers are there now, right? Uh, like the uh, people would say, okay, why can't we do a congestion charge in Dublin, or or you know, why 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 are we stuck with cars? And if we wanted to change. Um, the tools are there to sort of stretch out um, the, the public transport network. I think shared electric vehicles, I think people getting onto bikes more um, can really, we could move as fast as we want. Obviously, change is always hard, but I do think that's possible. And, and finally, uh, the company Luna, how, how are you guys set up for the future um, like in terms of funding and your ambition? Do you, do you see yourself becoming the, like the, the windows of this space? How, how do you see yourself you know, uh, in, in the overall ecosystem down the line? Yeah, well, well, looking at it over a longer time frame, as I, as I say, right, like a lot of our conversation here, John, has been okay with more bikes, more light electric vehicles, these kind of type of things. And I do think there is uh, safety requirements for them. I think there is an opportunity um, to to build a really good company that uh, that 
is reducing accidents in 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 this space. So we we're definitely raising uh, money at the moment. Um, that that's key. We've we've done a lot uh, now. We've got up to uh, we're just short of fifteen people, probably fifteen people uh, in in the next kind of month or so, and uh, built a really really good team. But I think uh, you know to fulfil the vision and to really help in this journey towards uh, towards kind of carless cities we have to go a bit further and uh, and to double down and as i say go back to that analogy of the 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 first hit single and build out the album um so so yeah we 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 uh, we really want to keep going and, and and hopefully uh they deliver and get a real impact for not just dublin but but, but many more cities uh, you know less impacts though you know that's the thing you don't want any impacts no impacts, right? Impactful, impactless. Yeah, the impactless city, the impact-free city. That's what we're aiming for. Listen, Andrew Fleury, thank you so much for your time. That was great. Great chatting to you. Thanks so much. Thanks, John.